G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There are some today who minister in the area of inner healing. Now for anyone attempting to do so, I have a word of caution. And it's this, before you start to take someone apart, make sure you can put them back together again. While psychologists can help us to understand rejection, only God can minister effectively to the rejected. David experienced this. He said in the Psalms, When my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. It would seem that David knew what it was like to be put down in the family home. When Samuel turned up at Jesse's home to anoint the next king of Israel, Jesse didn't know which one of his sons would be chosen. But he was certain of one thing. It couldn't be David. He didn't even bother to bring him into the house. He wasn't under consideration. David said, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. If you've been rejected, God knows all about it and has grace for you today. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Hello, Phil's my name and today pastor and author Ken Legg and I are talking about rejecting rejection. Yesterday we looked at how Jesus became a man so that he could experience the totality of humanity, and that includes rejection, of course. And Ken, you said yesterday that he was rejected probably more than any other person, and so he fully understands and can relate to us when we go through the deep pains of rejection from a friend or family member. In his case, his very own father rejected him on the cross. How would you then minister to someone who is experiencing this problem of rejection? Well, Phil, there are seven things that I have found helpful, uh, both in my own life and in my ministry, and I usually share these seven things with those that have experienced rejection. The first one is this. I ask them this question, are you ready to be healed? And that might seem a strange question because this person has suffered long enough. Of course I'm ready, mm. you know, you might say. But let's just, um, let's just relate this for a moment to um, the story in the Gospels of blind Bartimaeus. Remember, he sat by the roadside begging, and as Jesus passed by where he was sitting, he cried out and asked him to show mercy to him. And Jesus called him to himself, and then he asked him this question. He said, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? (laughs) That must have seemed the strangest question he could have asked, because to everyone else it was quite obvious what he wanted. Mm. The man was blind. You know, I I can just imagine Peter sort of coming up to his side, just helping Jesus out quietly. He's blind, Lord. He's blind. (laughs) Coming up to Jesus and going, duh. (laughs) (laughs) But of course, you know, the question he was really asking uh, Bartimaeus was, do you really want to be healed? Are you ready for the change that will have to take place in your life if I heal you? See, up until that moment, Bartimaeus probably never worked a day in his life. You know, he lived from the handouts of people that were passing by, people Mm. that had compassion upon him. So anywhere he wanted to go, he would rely on others to guide him and take him there. But now, of course, all that would have to change. If he received his sight, he would have to get a job, start taking responsibility for his own life, pay his own way through life like the rest of us. And it's like that in rejection, you know. We can't play the victim role anymore. If we've been a victim, that's okay. But if we're going to step out of that into victory, 
We can't live as a victim with a victim mentality. We often get comfort in that too, don't we? We do. And I, uh, that's why I think the first step has to be in saying, yes, I'm ready to walk away from this rejection. Because, see, I guess, Phil, if, if I've had a problem in the past that I can blame others for, then anytime something goes wrong in my life, I can always blame them. But but once God heals me of that, I've got to start taking responsibility. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, you know, I've got to trust God that things are going to go well in my life and that I'm not looking for people to blame if they don't go well because I know they will because my life is in God's hand. Mm, it's all part of our unfolding journey of faith, though, isn't it? And, and God reveals these things to us or we have opportunities where he can heal us, like blind Bartimaeus, they had the opportunity. Yeah, We need to step up to the, the next level, so to speak. Sometime, which really involves trust, doesn't it? It's a deeper level of trust in the Lord. Absolutely. And I think the next thing, if I can say that, is that when God heals a person that's had rejection, you know, it's, it's a deep emotional pain. There's no doubt about it. Something has happened on the inside and, and God is healing them and setting them free, just like he would heal a person physically. There's, there is, a, there is a, a, an emotional healing that takes place. Now, mm. how does that take place? Well, I believe that there are two ways that that can happen generally, the way that God has made us. Um, because God wants us to release all that stuff that's pent up inside. Yep. And usually that happens through either talk or tears. I, you know, Either God brings somebody alongside us that we can just share our heart, who understands, who's been there maybe, who's really listening to us, identifying with us, and, and just somehow talking it out is, is a way of just getting rid of it. Another way is tears. You know, sometimes God does release that emotional pain through tears. Uh, tears are like the safety valves of the heart that just... Let's out the pressure. So I would say, you know, if God gives you a release, let it flow. But but I'd say a, a word of caution here, Phil, uh, and that's it. You know, I, I've got a saying: it's it's do it once and do it well. Mm. You know, if if you've been rejected, well, get healing, but but then be healed. You know, don't go out on every order call for rejection. <laughs> yeah. Don't talk to anyone that's got an ear. You know, that that, that that will listen to you. Get it out, get it healed, and move on with your life. Mm. But what about if someone is really struggling with letting go? You know, they've, they've been to the altar calls, they've had talk, they've had tears, yeah. but they still can't let it go. Okay, well, there's other steps that we're going to look at, you know, in, 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 in just a moment. And so I think maybe one of those uh, keys would, would really help that person. Okay. Uh, but let me just say this. The grief is meant to enable us to finish with the pain, not to stay in the pain. That's, yes. the, that's the important thing here. Um, our ultimate goal in grief is to finally reject Rejection. Mm. It is kind of amazing the way God has put us together, though. I like the way that you expressed it there before. You know, the way God made us. There's those two things: tears and, and talk. And even when we experience hurt that we were never meant to, God has given us the, that safety valve to let the pressure out, and they really allow us to sort of flush out some of those unresolved pains. But there's more, isn't there? There is. And, and look, one of the biggest things I think that holds people in the past more than anything else is unforgiveness. So the third thing I would say is, you know, we've got to forgive those who have rejected us. Ouch, that's hard. Sometimes. It is hard because I tell you why it's hard because people relate forgiveness to a feeling. They say, but I don't feel like forgiving as if, you know, forgiveness is the feeling. Forgiveness is basically the will to release that person from any kind of, um, uh, well, yeah, unforgiveness, you know, to basically... Uh, say, I'm not going to bring this up anymore. I've dealt with it, so I've forgiven you, and uh, I won't call this thing to mind against you anymore. So it's an act of the will rather than a feeling. And and once we, we choose to do that, usually the feeling comes in afterwards, 
and we feel compassion and love towards that person and can pray for them and bless them and, and other things, you know. Because ultimately unforgiveness uh, gives somebody else permission to have control over you, doesn't it? That's a good way to put it. Um, or somebody put it this way, you know, uh, Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other, the other person, person to die. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a great expression. I mean, we've just got to let it go. Sometimes it's so hard, and even our own pride can get in the way sometimes because we might feel that we have some sort of right that we should be angry with that person or hold something against them or otherwise, but we just don't realise that we're doing ourselves damage, not not them. That's right, and, and I always say, you know, forgiveness is as much for your sake as it is for the sake of the person that you're forgiving, you yeah. know. Now, look, the next point is a very positive point, and the opposite of rejection is acceptance. That's who we are. We are accepted. We're not rejected. And it's important that we believe that. You know, the Bible says that we've been accepted in the beloved, and that's God's um, opinion of us, if you like. That's mm. God's verdict of us. It's a, it's a forever thing. So if somebody rejects me, that doesn't actually say a thing about me. It might actually say something more about them than mm. it does about me. But I've got to go to God for the truth about me. And the truth about me is that I have been accepted in Christ forever. Mm. So that's what's true about me. Now, if somebody rejects me, that's something that they're going through, and it's a reflection of what's happening in their life right now. And I've got to just really get a hold of that thought and renew my mind in the fact that I can't receive my identity message from what that person is doing to me. Otherwise, I do come under their power. I've got to come under the power of the truth Uh, about the truth of my new creation identity and that is that I am accepted in Christ forever. And that scripture you just pointed to a minute ago, accepted in the beloved, also uses the word adopted later on. And you think about that concept that we are adopted. God has adopted us, so he's chosen us and we just need to accept that. That's a wonderful thought. Our subject this week, rejecting rejection. And we'll have more for you tomorrow. In the meantime, don't forget, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book What's Eating You, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.